Hello and welcome to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I'm your host, JD, the collector of collectors. And this is the podcast where I speak to other pop culture collection. Uh, sorry. This is the podcast where I speak to other pop. pop... <laughs> Let me try this again. This okay. is the podcast where I speak to pop culture collectors from around the world. There we go. And today I am taking things to power level 9,000 with my yeah. next guest. His name is Axel. He's from Indiana and he is a Dragon Ball collector. Axel, thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, uh, JD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really, really excited to, to chat to you. Uh, we, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording and I was obviously just giving you a bit of explanation of how the podcast works and the conversation yeah. and everything. And uh, similar to a guest that I had a few episodes ago, um, who's a Sailor Moon collector, you're another one, a collector who I'm really stepping outside of my comfort zone because I don't really know anything about Dragon Ball. Um, or I know very little about Dragon Ball, I will say. Uh, firstly, I know about the uh, the over 9,000 meme, which is obviously what I use yeah, as a segue. Um, I, know, I know who Goku is, and I think I know about going Super Saiyan. I think anyone who's familiar with a little bit of pop culture probably knows what going super saiyan is as well there you go yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's three that's three things that you should know and so you got them i go okay excellent but good. if uh if you were at a if you're at a local barbecue and someone there that you just met said oh explain what is dragon ball what what would you say like how would you explain dragon ball to someone oh my goodness <laughs> I don't, it's just one of the best animes out there, I would say, first of all. Uh, it's incredible, action-packed, a lot of drama, very intense uh, anime. I don't know. It's. I guess those are the things, the main things that I, I would say, first of all. I wouldn't spoil it to them because if they don't know and I want to explain it to them, I'm going to spoil the whole thing for them. But okay. you definitely should watch it. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I <laughs> that's 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 probably what I would say. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I did a little bit of research, and uh, and by research, I, I watched a, a video on what what is Super Saiyan, the different levels of Super Saiyan. I was quite amazed by how many different levels there are of going Super Saiyan, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like God level, like like Saiyan sort of. Um, but also, you know, went through the wiki and, and had a look at the history. I was quite surprised. I thought in in my mind for some reason i'd all, always sort of attributed uh dragon ball and dragon ball z to being something that was uh like sort of late 90s early 2000s but the actual i found out that the manga it, it came from a manga series which actually was written through 1984 to 95 the creator akira toriyama and yeah, basically, I wasn't aware that it was that old, that it actually went back that far. Yeah. Um, do you have any of the original mangas in your collection? Um, you know what? Like, I started with the anime. Actually, I, I watched the first, like, the you know, how you say Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, I started watching Dragon Ball when I was, you know, like, you know, 10, 10 years old. I mean, nice. the thing is that in Mexico... Uh, because I'm originally from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, the anime became so huge, so popular, like 
in the middle of the 90s in Mexico due to the fact that it was cheaper for Mexican uh, TV broadcasters to bring it in oh. and translate it. So Dragon Ball was one of the first ones that they brought in. Well, I should say second or third anime that they brought in that was a huge hit in Mexico. So nice. uh, yeah, I, w- I became fan, you know, with Kid Goku on Dragon Ball and the whole transition to Dragon Ball Z. And um, yeah, I didn't know it was that old, like either. Back, wow. you know, back in the nineties, you don't, you didn't have an internet, internet, so you didn't know that <laughs> this thing was made like you know five or six years ago, and you were just starting to watch it. Well, I, that's cool. I, I obviously, you know, you can hear the accent. I, I, I knew that you, you may have grown up somewhere else, so it's cool to know yeah. that you're from Mexico. With the show, when it came there, was it translated to Spanish or English? There were two. There were two translations, and they did. They did like a pilot run for thirty episodes, mm-hmm. and it was a huge hit. And then they changed the the translations to a more refined Spanish, like a Mexican Spanish, okay. and then it was a huge success after that. Explain and then going a little bit outside the anime sphere here, but explain to me the the different translation versions of the Spanish and the and the Mexican Spanish. What's how do they differ slightly? Uh, Goku had a different voice, and like some of the some of the stuff was not refined. I mean, you're talking about translating something from Japanese to you know Mexican Spanish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, at the time it, it was kind of new a new thing, so you know the first 30 episodes run and the the translation was not there yeah. like it was not pristine what i remember is that they stopped the series and then they restarted all over again with the better translation with the better you know dub with goku and all the characters cool. and it, then it became a huge success okay cool cool and that's so uh, i mean that sort of gives me a little bit of a uh, in to how you became a fan. So uh, that's one of the things I always ask people up front at the start of the series is how did you become a fan of the thing? So for you, it was by watching the anime during the 90s as a kid. Yeah, it was huge. That's actually, um, you know, I have a story where like the reason why I started watching it was because my dad actually started watching it first. Oh, cool. And he was like, hey, you know, Here's the thing, like we didn't have a good relationship, um, you know, things happen. But that that one half hour that we spent together watching that show was like the best half hour I had with my dad. So it was like oh, wow. besides the best anime, like besides watching that cartoon, I have a you know, I had that interaction with my dad, which you know, we got along for those 30 minutes and it was just, you know, we were geeking out about Goku's adventures <laughs> as a kid, how he was able to, you know, learn the Kamehameha and growing up as a, from a kid to, you know, a young adult. Okay. And do you, um, do you, do you still see your father? Is your father still around? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, he passed away like, um, in 2017. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah. Again, it was, it was, uh, we had the memories. Yeah. Stays with me. That's, that's, that's great. And you're collecting, like, with collecting all the figures, is that something? How long have you been collecting, collecting all of these for? Uh, About five years now. 
It's uh, it started as again, excuse me. Be before Dragon Ball, we were we have another another anime that's called Senseiya, but in Mexico they call it Caballeros del Zodiaco, which is like it was more um, it was more like a zodiac signs, and it, it was pretty epic uh, anime. Okay, and then my transition to Dragon Ball. That's how I start my collection by by um, by collecting sensei anime figures, which I don't have around me right now, but I I wanted to okay. show you. And then you know, then I switched to Dragon Ball because it was so much easier to find those kind of figures. They were less expensive, and then you know, you started with less with not expensive uh, figures, and then you start upgrading to more high end figures. And, so you were uh, still in you were still in um, Mexico when you started your collection. I can oh, no, 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 sorry. Um, no, I didn't collect anything. I just started like five years ago, honestly. Like on like literally like on my early thirties. Okay, and you were already in the U.S. at that point. Yes. Okay, because that's what I was trying to. I was um I was going to ask is is it easier finding things in America or in Mexico for 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 the anime figures is there is there a different type of branding or anything there as well i would say that uh when i was over there in mexico you know it's been it's been so long it's been like almost 20 23 years since i've been in mexico oh, okay so okay. As a little kid i didn't get any of the of the of the onto collecting because it was so hard to get a an official figure you know oh. you get the like figures but you don't get the original ones because they were so expensive. Okay. So I got here into the States, you know, went through college, you know, got my career. And then I decided to, you know what, let's start collecting something that I didn't own when I was a kid. Yeah. So it was Sensei, then Dragon Ball. And then, you know, Dragon, Dragon Ball became this huge thing for me because, you know, I, I started finding more figures and more figures. And going back to to uh, Mexican collectors, I do talk to Mexican collectors currently through Instagram, mm -hmm. and they say that it's pretty it's pretty um, the distribution over there in Mexico is kind of strange. It's not like here in the states we have uh, Bandai Namco or Bluefin back you know like a few months back, and they distribute all the anime content or the collectibles mm -hmm. over there in Mexico. They have just one distributor but it, he, they're not you know there's not as big as bluefin in the states okay so a lot of people get a lot of, a lot of people from mexico what i know is that they they um they ask their friends in the u.s to buy their figures and they ship them out to mexico okay a, to get them cheaper that makes sense that makes sense i i tend to buy a number of uh things from the u.s and then have them shipped over here as well so that I can get certain items that that don't release in Australia. I mean, we we do have quite a number of things down here that we can get a hold of, but um, some days there, there are things that I just can't get, in, you know, from the from the regular retailers here. So I'll just buy them in the states, get them shipped over with certain pop vinyls if I want the certain sticker version. If I want the Funko store sticker on something, I've got to sometimes order it from there. Uh, there's one of the figures up over the top of my head you can see on video here uh is a uh funko no, it's a dc exclusive glitter batman pop vinyl uh so they call them the diamond glitters and that 
didn't come out anywhere here in Australia. So that's like a, a perfect example of something that I had to actually get ordered from the States and then get shipped over here as well. So I'm quite familiar with, with not being able to get 100% of the things here as well. And that, that happened actually recently with the whole, you know, San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. They released a few exclusive figures for uh, events, Comic-Con events, you know, the Dragon yep. Ball SH figure arts. So there were like really a lot of a lot of friends from Mexico. They really, really want those figures, but they couldn't get them because, you know, they were exclusive to events, mm-hmm. you know, still, you know uh, Comic-Con events. So, you know, you get that... Uh, it's really hard to be a collector in Mexico. That's what I would say. <laughs> okay. But yeah. for you, you're lucky. You're one of the fortunate ones that are in the US and you have quite the collection. I, I can see some of that in the background for you yeah. as well. Like you've got, looks like the uh, Ikea Expedite or uh, Calax. No, sorry. That used to be Expedite, but now they call it Calax. The Ikea uh-huh. Calax, the cube system. Um, yeah. Which is absolutely, for people listening, is packed. Absolutely packed with figures um and this is only part of your collection because i've seen on your instagram you've got quite the collection uh how do you have you got an idea of how many figures you you have at this point uh i did a i did an instagram reel just recently and i count most of the figures and i have about two thousand right now <laughs> is there is there a Guinness World Record for Dragon Ball collectors? I, I haven't checked actually. I've had a couple of Guinness World Record holders on the show already. Would you would you be getting towards that that sort of amount? I, I don't think so. I think there's people that have more than me, and I think that I remember there was one from uh, Peru who had a, a Dragon Ball collection. You know what? I like maybe a Sensei a collection. Okay. We should talk about that other anime uh, later on, but um, okay. yeah, a lot of people in in Peru are huge fans for, of Dragon Ball and um, other animes. And I remember that they have one Guinness record for Dragon Ball over there. Oh, okay, nice. I'll have to I'll have to seek it out and 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 see who that is. See how many yeah. there are. Uh, some of the like I said, the Guinness World Record holders that I had on. Um, one of them was a Ghostbusters collector, and really? his his collection. I believe, if, if I remember off the top of my head, I, I think it, the number was 1,120. Um, but, you know, sometimes you may not have the biggest collection in the world, but if you're the first one to submit it, you, you're the first one to hold the record, you know. So, you give me a, I might give it a try. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I have know. to tell you, it's, it, it can be labour-intensive. So uh, one of the things that I learned through through speaking to them is that you have to... You have to sit down. You have to first off. You have to photograph and document every item in your collection. In a lot of cases, they need to be official merchandise as well. You have to you have to sit down. You have to photograph everything. You have to document it. You have to write it all down in a spreadsheet, and then you have to have someone else come in and verify it. If you actually get someone from Guinness to verify it, it can cost quite a bit of money. Or you can have two independent people. So you might say, um, "I'll get." You, you can't have like you can't have your wife or someone like that you know do it for you you would actually have to get two independent people through maybe a collected network or whoever to come in and verify and they need to go through and count all those items off they need to check them all off the list that you've written down so it can be quite labor intensive and then after that uh you usually have to display it somewhere as well so that okay. people can actually see it 
and then submit it and then they have to go through the, the the process of verifying that from their end and and then checking it off so it can be take quite a bit of time i thought about you know how it'd be fantastic to one day do that for the batman record um, <laughs> i actually had a look and the current <laughs> record holder is at around ten thousand items where is he or is he located uh they're in the u.s as well yeah so i've actually i, I and and this is one for a future episode but I've, I've been in talks with um the former guinness world record uh batman wow. holder um and he yeah like he i, I believe at the time had around four thousand, but then when i checked and, and it had been updated and there was a new collector he he actually took out the record with around ten thousand items or i think it was just maybe just under it, it, i just remember it was a huge amount that i just went I'm never chasing that unless I unless I win the lotto or something. I'm never chasing that record. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that that will be something. I mean, now that I explained the process, yeah, it will be something very intensive. And yeah. I'm still, I mean, I'm still adding stuff. And you know, I get I get a lot of um, comments about, hey, you know, why don't you just um, do a better setup for, with your figures? You know, they're so packed and there's a lot you cannot see them. It's I'm too like, dumb. Oh, like i can't find the right furniture that's what i've been telling people too like um there's a moment where like uh, you know the, the the furniture that i need is discontinue so it's like i need to look for the perfect one to make a, a big display and then sometimes the way you know i'm a photographer that's that's how i make a living oh, cool. uh, doing photography so for me to have the setup that I have, which is, you know, all the figures in one place, not, not on a specific setup, but just, you know, like all together, it's mm -hmm. easier for me to just reach, get the, get the figure and photograph it and put it back, put it back into its place. You know, okay. it's more like a convenience way of me, uh, for me to photograph the pictures without, you know, take them out of their stand or like, you know, disassemble it. It's just yeah. like, just grab it, light it, photograph it and post it on instagram okay i've noticed that actually because you, you've got quite a decent following on instagram and when i've scrolled through and i've, I've looked through a lot of your uh, images i noticed that you did a quite a bit of toy photography on there so it makes sense that that's what you do for a living as well like is photography yeah it also it also uh that's the reason why i i kept buying more and more and that was kind of like an excuse for my wife kind of like to say hey i'm buying <laughs> I need to make new content, you know, and that was a way of like buffer the, the, the expense, like saying, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm expending, I'm, I'm spending this amount of money, but it's for a good cause. I'm, I'm making content. I'm making something out of this. It's not Let's be honest. How many times did you get to use that excuse? And, and, and at what point did she stop accepting that as an excuse? <laughs> She already got over it. She's like, oh, I just know you buying stuff. I just, just <laughs> buy it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's an, it's an amazing hobby though. Like I get to, you know, collect what I want. I'm actually just, you know, besides Dragon Ball, I'm, I'm actually moving into other animes too. Demon Slayer, My Hero Academia, and, you know, um, Jujutsu Kaisen as well, but my, my strongest is Dragon Ball, of course. And, you know, talking about the collection itself, like I be, since I, I got so much um, figures, um, you know, due to the space and not be able to find the furniture, 
I'm being a, a little bit more um, picky about what I what I what I what I choose for figures. Yeah. Now I'm actually like trying to get more exclusive stuff, things that is rare to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now the stuff that I buy, I buy it like directly from Japan. Like most in Japan, they have a, a raffle. I I think it's called Ichiban Kuji. So what they do is like there's rare figures that they raffle. You buy a ticket. Uh, you know, you get a you get you win every time you buy a ticket. But you get like you get a towel, you get a cup, you get like little items. But the big items are the figures, and they're okay. rare. Um, I can't, I can't buy the raffle tickets, but there's, uh, people in Japan that they, you know, they buy the whole lot, they win all the prices and they sell them on eBay huh. at a good price at the bundle. So lately I've been, I've been focusing on getting those figures instead of, you know, getting the, the regular, the other regular figures that are like $26. This, the, the new, uh, the exclusive ones, the Ichiban Kuji, they're like about, if you buy them as a bundle of seven figures they're about five hundred dollars okay but but those figures in like one or two years they're double the price so wow. by the when by the time i buy a figure that cost me you know a hundred dollars when it gets released on ebay in two or three years that figure if i keep the box of course uh, <laughs> uh it, it goes you know it goes you know for 300 or 250 dollars well, i was gonna ask you like if you got um a number of your items from japan if that, like obviously we, we spoke about you know the difference between getting something in america versus uh mexico but then i was wondering about whether being you know obviously a japanese anime if you did get mm-hmm. a lot of your figures from there so that makes sense that you would uh, talking about the boxes actually do you hang on to a lot of the boxes like what percentage of your collection would you say you still have the boxes for I think I got rid of uh, about sixty percent of my boxes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we I, I used to live in another house, and when we moved to this new um, house uh, just two years ago, I had to get rid of the boxes. I just couldn't. I just you know too many. Kept, yeah, there was just too many. So I got rid of the boxes that were from uh, small figures, figures that I I knew I was not gonna sell for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I threw those away. And the only ones I keep right now are the ones that are just, you know, the one exclusive to Japan, the Ichiban Kuji. Because mm-hmm. I know for sure that, you know, you never know. There's there's an emergency that might happen. I might be able to sell them and get my money back eventually. Okay. So but I'm also also about collecting is is that I get doubles too. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing of like all right, I'm gonna get one for me to display and get another one just in case I needed to sell it or I need to trade it for something more rare. And that was you you literally like it's like you're thinking of what I am, you're one step ahead of me. So when you when you have your collection, because you're talking about, you know, potentially selling things or trading things, uh-huh. is that something you you do a lot? Like is there a lot of figures that you've traded and sold over your time as a collector as well? Uh-huh. Is that how you've expanded your collection more? I I'm actually just I'm I'm currently in that in that um in that transition of just buying second second figures. Actually, just started this year buying doubles. So I haven't I haven't done trades or I haven't done selling. I haven't sell any of my doubles yet because I'm okay. just waiting for the right moment to sell them to get a better you know to get some money back. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think you could go. Oh, uh, it's just like sometimes I buy, I buy it on good. I have good deals. I find like, you know, I give you an example. I buy an SH figure art, which is an articulated action figure from yeah. Dragon. I bought a Super Saiyan 4 Goku that when it got released, it got super rare to find. It was like $65 and a lot of people were selling it for like double the price. And then, you know, once once uh, time went by, I found it cheaper. Like I ended up finding it for like $30, $25 with all the discounts that I was able to accumulate. Uh-huh. And I bought five figures. <laughs> so, so right now I have those figures. And then next year, they're going to release Super Saiyan 4 uh, Vegeta, uh, which is from Dragon Ball GT. I should have mentioned that first. So I know for sure. And I'm, I mean, I'm thinking ahead and, and maybe I, 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 it's just a speculation, you know, you know, collecting and buying doubles and selling them. You're thinking of pairing them up. So you're thinking yeah. once the other ones released, you can pair them up and then obviously other collectors will want to get the, the matching pair. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my, that's my approach that eventually I'll be able to sell them both figures and get a little bit of a cut for, okay. you know, to keep sustaining the collection. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, you know, collecting can be expensive, especially yep. when you're looking at 2,000 or so items. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't want to do the maths on, on that. Um, but like I know myself, I'm, I'm probably not at 2,000 yet. I, I'm definitely past a few hundred items in my collection. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can only imagine. And, and it also, you know, not even taking the cost out of it, just as we mentioned, the space, the space to put them, the space to have your empty boxes for anything that's on display. And then again, if you're starting to double up or even more than you know, having more than double of an yeah. item, just trying to, trying to store those. How do you find storing those items with those extra items? Are you, do you have an extra bedroom and cupboards in the house? Like is your wife, is your wife starting to complain about the fact she can't fit anything in a cupboard anymore? Not yet, but eventually we'll get to that, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Um, I got a second room where I put in all the boxes um, from my doubles. And again, since I'm just starting, I'm trying to just, you know, measure my my space. Like I like 30 percent of my collection is doubles, you know, okay. like so. But yeah, I keep them on a separate room and they'll well pack. I, I'm, I'm actually I tell my wife I play Tetris. So I kind of know how to put everything together. <laughs> so I'm pretty. I'm, I'm. I'm able to pack everything in 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 a in a in a place, and I still have plenty to fill. But you know, eventually I need to start either selling stuff or getting rid of more boxes eventually. Okay. And I'm dreading that moment. But mm-hmm. for now, we're 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 still good with it's with the stuff. Okay, yeah. that's good. It- um is your wife a collector of anything as well shoes Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no she's not a collector but i'm you know i i really thank her thank her for uh helping me and for you know she doesn't say no to the things i do and you know this collection has a purpose to you know like i said i do photography for a living and this the, the account that i created on instagram was kind of like um a um result of the pandemic because mm-hmm. I was not able to do photography of um, other stuff because we, you know, we were in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say, you know, I have a portion of my collection available for me. And I was like, why don't you, I just, you know, take pictures of my collection. And I decided to create another account for, for photography, which is the one, you know, the Golo Saro account. Okay. So, so with your, with your collection being like you said, about five years that you've been collecting for. So tw- r- roughly around 2017, um, mm-hmm. which I have to, I, I, I'd be remiss to, to say that there, there seems to be a little connection to when your father passed to when the co- collection started. Putting that aside, uh, your collection, did it like sort of explode when the pandemic and you started buying things for photography? Would you say your collection was a lot smaller going into 2020? Yeah, it was a lot smaller. It was a lot smaller before the pandemic. Uh, I was kind of like, just keep it on check. You know, I just needed this figure and I need this one. But, you know, after the pandemic, everything got so rare to find. There's, there's certain figures that they, I call it the pandemic relics. Yeah. Because you couldn't, they got released on that year and then they were not released anymore. So they got uh-huh. so expensive and I was able to get uh, some of those um, figures. So I it, it exploded from 2020. 2020 to 2021, I started getting more figures and I started investing in more um, Dragon Ball figures at that time due to the pandemic as well. Who did you find? Because I I think anyone who's a collector would have experienced during 2020 and uh, 2021 uh, shipping delays and, you know, things that got pushed back in production and everything like that. I think that happens just about every type of collector. Um, You know, and obviously... Yeah, the world's shut down and things that you know have been shut off. Like, it, of course, that was going to happen. Have you got items that that you're still waiting, that like are been long pushed back, um, or items that maybe got cancelled that you're like, oh, I really wish I had been able to get that item. I think that wave of Ichiban Kujis uh, of that 2020 got some of them got cancelled. Okay, and they couldn't be shipped from Japan at that time. And I, you know, I dread the time. I really, I feel, I felt kind of sad that it got canceled because those figures now, you know, they're so expensive, especially there's one, there's one Vegeta uh, figure that really, really uh, wanted it. And, you know, it costs 50 bucks at a time. Now it's like $150. And yeah, I could, I could put the, I could put the money to get the figure, but honestly, like I just, you know, it's just too much. <laughs> I was literally looking at, um, and I'll refer to pop vinyls again, like, cause you know, it's a large chunk of my collection has, has become pop vinyl centered. But, uh, I was looking again the other day at a Bane. So from the dark Knight, um, mm-hmm. like, look, the, the dark Knight trilogy, sorry, it's from, from dark Knight rises. Um, so the Bane pop is actually, I remember when I started sort of collecting these a bit more, Again, same thing. It was during the pandemic. I'd already had a Batman collection. I already had a number of items, but the pop vinyls, I probably started collecting a lot more from 2020 onwards, and that's when that that part of my collection really exploded. But this Bane pop vinyl, I remember originally, I didn't really want to pay more than about $50, $60 for most of the pop vinyls in my collection. I sort of set that as a bit of a rule, and I've since broken that, but back then that Bane figure was about $80. It was okay. probably between 60 to $80. And I was like, 
yeah, I'll see. Maybe I'll find one on a discount somewhere. You know, someone will be selling it cheaper and I'll wait and wait. So I shouldn't have waited. I should have grabbed it because now it's <laughs> in most places, it's around $300 to buy. Oh my God. Is it one of those, is, it, is that vein um, as big as the Batman you have in the back? No, so you're you're referring to the large ones up behind me. Uh, I've got the 18-inch pop vinyl. It's definitely not that size. It it costs as much nearly as one of those. Like that, I think they were around two hundred or so dollars um, when they came out in, in Australia. So yeah, yeah, that's an 18-inch one. And then next to that, I've got the 10-inch Robert. Uh, actually, it's called a nine-inch one, which mm-hmm. came out in twenty. I think these were actually in twenty. I want to say 2018. So I bought that recently. I, I bought it. The box was a bit damaged, but I, I took it out of the box, so it didn't really matter. Um, and I bought that, and I got it at a discount. I've been watching forever to try and get one of those ones. And then next to that is the 10-inch Robert Pattinson one um, from the recent Batman movie. So, yeah, that it, no, it, it's the normal size. It's one of the normal sort of uh, four-inch pop vinyls in the Bane one. But, yeah, it's $300. It's, it's just ridiculous amount of money i'm like okay so that's now a grail item that i probably won't end up in my collection anytime soon uh, who knows what i'll never say never but um yeah it's definitely one of those ones that i've just sort of been waiting on i i tend to really wait out you know with the items and see if they come down in price um and in some cases it works in some cases it doesn't yeah that's that's when i come back to that speculation you know like uh, for me i learned that vegeta uh figures yeah. tend to become super rare and super, for, like, a lot of people look for those figures more than Goku. I guess uh, Vegeta has become this, you know, uh, a favorite in many fans in Dragon Ball because he used to be, you know, he used to be the second, you know, best character. Now a lot of people think that Vegeta has a better, statue-wise, he's, uh, he's a, a lot of people are looking for him. And he gets every time they release a Vegeta figure, it's the first one that gets out of stock. So, Am I correct um, in saying he's he's the villain, or no, is he not? No, he's not. He's um, because um, you know, when I was a kid, Vegeta had this like mentality of like, you know, like an like an antihero, like an antagonist. Oh, okay. and you, yeah. And then you 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 see his growth from you know, Goku is all about fighting, having friends making his enemies friends and vegeta i don't know you know as a kid you didn't as a kid i didn't like him i just he was just i would say (laughs) but you know you grow as an adult and you see that you know behind the scenes he's 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 a character has grown you know he was able to keep maintain a family uh connection but still be able to train as a saiyan he has that more balanced uh, lifestyle than Goku. Goku does forget about family. It just trains and wants to become the strongest being in that yeah. universe. And and Vegeta is more like, yeah, I want to be the strongest, but you know, I also have a wife and two kids. Which, as an adult, you know, you get that connection of like, all right, I want to become uh, strong and I want to become this, you know, this this person. But at the same time, I want to have a balance with family you know and just have have that balance of, of an adult okay so that makes sense yeah it, 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 that he that character has grown on me a lot and it seems that for most of uh you know dragon ball fans it, it has grown as well 
and you can see reflected on how all, all his um, statues get sold so quickly. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, um, let's, uh, I, I'd love to focus around Dragon Ball, but you did mention that there's another anim, popular anime or like yeah. a Mexican, is it a, an actual Mexican written one or is it just more oh, popular in Mexico? It was, um, it, it's a Japanese one. It's called Senseiya. Senseiya. It, okay. Yeah. And it's um, it's it's kind of hard to explain it because I I I don't I, even though I am a fan I don't follow the lore as much as I do with Dragon Ball, okay. but uh, it's just um, what they do is um, uh, how can I explain it? It's mostly like zodiacs signs and like the cosmos and like the energy. I don't know. I I. I would so like people to people pulling from the 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 the, the cosmic energy of the different zodiac signs is there's yeah. heroes and people that are focused um, on those sort of things kind of like Sailor Moon with the different planets is it so, that some similar sort of thing? Like kind of like that it's actually the 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 big three back in Mexico were Sensei, Dragon Ball, and Sailor Moon. Okay, the big animes that we used to watch in Mexico were those three. Okay. It's kind of complicated to, to, to explain as far as like... That's okay. I won't make you to explain it too much. Actually, going... Well, let's take it back to the Dragon Ball then. Um, so I... Another thing, because I said I, I didn't really know a lot about Dragon Ball, I sort of wasn't sure if it was one of those things that maybe sort of originated as more of a card game that like in conjunction with the anime. And I think there... Is there Dragon Ball cards? There, there is. There's a card game. I have a couple of friends that they follow that that I, I don't follow the card game because they they can be as, as expensive as a as a figure, yeah. you know, kind of like magic gathering. Like you have to go find you know packs that have you know special uh, cards. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not I'm not into it as much because of the of that. I'm just focusing on getting the the figures themselves to you know instead of the cards. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 And and the battles that happen in the TV show is it is, is like basically every episode has a different battle or is it like an arc that leads up to one of these mega Super Saiyan battles or it, there's definitely an arc. The one that I really that is my favorite uh, is the Cell Saga, which is the second arc in the Dragon Ball Z, which they fight androids. Okay. You know, yeah, that's then. Then that's when Gohan, which is Goku's uh, son, turns into Super Saiyan two against this uh, being called Perfect Cell. But for that being to be perfect, he had to actually like uh, get two androids, like literally, literally swallow two androids to <laughs> become this perfect being, and he becomes a threat to the world. So. In that in that uh, in that arc, you know, everyone was expecting Goku to be the savior, but at the end, you know, yeah. the transition from you know, Goku is not the only one that has the the power to to stop this threat, but his son is the one, you know, it's literally just passing the the torch to the yeah. Legion. Is it when you when you're watching Dragon Ball Z, is Goku aging? Like, is he is his son very young at the start? And then he becomes like a young man, sort of like growing up through like the generation. Is that the way that the the story arc progresses as well? Yeah, but the thing is that Goku has died. Um, how can I, how many times? Twice. <laughs> he has died twice. Okay, I thought you were going to say a few more than that. Actually, 
he died like uh, at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, and then he dies at the end of the Cell Saga. Okay. Trying to protect. Um, Spoiler alert for people, I guess. <laughs> actually, yeah. <Ooh. laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It's, that's, it's that's all right. Yeah. I'm sure. Look, I mean, the the series has been around for years, so I'm sure that anyone who's a real fan of it is probably yeah. going through and watched that and seen it already. Yeah. But I have um, you know, I have a lot of memories of the first one, which is Dragon Ball, when kid, when Goku was was a, a little kid. Again, mostly because of those childhood memories that I have with my dad. Yeah. How you know, he was. That actually, I I love the transition from Goku there from being a little kid. To at the end of Dragon Ball, he he becomes a young adult, and there's a tournament of power um, in the in that in that uh, series of Dragon Ball. Yeah, um, that Goku always there's three there's three tournaments that happen within tra- the the whole Dragon Ball timeline, and Goku was always close, always close to win the tournament, and he never fell, did. fell short. Okay short until the last the last arc of the of the series of dragon ball which when he was able to finally win the tournament oh all right well that that's you watching that progression i can say that progression and back then no one thought about you know super saiyan transformations you know power levels it was yeah. more like down to earth no one no one thought that goku was an alien you know like a saiyan yeah you know every, all that stuff developing developing dragon ball c when you know at the beginning of dragon ball c goku's brother comes to earth and say you know what you're not a human you are an alien actually oh. a saiyan. i didn't so, know okay i didn't realize it was the alien aspect okay yeah so that's the that's that it's a it's a saiyan race that was oh, that makes sense now so okay. mostly goku lands on earth because they send they send the Saiyans conquer worlds for lord frieza so they they get if they're low levels Saiyans, they get sent as babies to the planets that they need to conquer so oh. when they get to the uh to the to when goku landed on earth his mission was to conquer the earth but as he grows, he loves Earth. He has his family there, and then yeah. The th- the funny part is like he hit his head when he was a, a little a little baby. So he does he doesn't he doesn't remember his mission of conquering the world. So he oh, becomes okay. yeah. So he becomes this innocent little boy and learns you know martial arts. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I, oh, oh man, I'm. Uh... I've had a history lesson today. This is good. I've, I've learned a bit more. I, I know a bit more, um, expanded my pop culture knowledge. So, um, yeah, thank you, Axel. <laughs> thank you for, for no teaching me about Dragon Ball. And, yeah, your collection is amazing, and I really, really enjoy actually looking at your page and seeing, like I said, you've got the, the toy photography and, and some really great images up there. I think people should go and check it out. So before we wrap up, I always get people to plug their socials at the end. Can you let people know where they can find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. My uh, my username is Go Osaru. Um, I also have a TikTok as well with the same name, Go Osaru. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. Um, you know, I do videos and I do unboxings and I do, 
you know, photography for all my collection as well. And you can check out everything I have in there. Nice. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I recommend anyone who's an anime fan, um, go and check it out or even just a toy photography fan to go check it out. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Axel, yeah, thank cool. you very much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed talking to you and yeah, I look forward to seeing more of your collection. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great one. You too. If you liked the episode, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.